It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Get over to Council Bluffs. Over by the Mid-America Center, uh, Harris Casino, Hooters, but the best restaurant of all, Quaker Steak and Lube. Uh, get over there today for all the fast dirt, or excuse me, fast indoor cart racing that you can handle. Joe'sCarting.com for more information. Again, as always, that is carting with a K, but as pretty much everyone does today, don't worry about going to www.joe'scarting.com. Just give that a little Google search and everything you need to know will come up. And one easy little link. Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, Fast Pace, White Knuckle Racing, Slick Track Oval uh, Series, presented by Dirt Track Bank. Night number three was on Tuesday night. Uh, we'll have to get a buddy on the show in the next couple of weeks and get an update on how that's going and uh, also talk about his Crawford County Speedway Track Championship. But the guy joining us on the show tonight, driver of the number 31, sport modified throughout the area, Jacob Swanson joining us on the show. And Man, I always loved watching uh, you race because it felt like you were just the epitome of the weekend warrior. Yeah, we always had our ups and downs for sure, but we never gave up. So that's the plus side of our team. Yeah, and, and by weekend warrior, I don't want to make it sound bad. I, I think that's definitely a badge you need to hold because it's you're not a guy that, that got anything handed to you. You don't have a ton of money behind you. You don't have huge sponsors behind you. But uh, you're out at the racetrack competing every week. Big old smile on your face and uh, contending for uh, for race wins. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, our team is very small, but I have a lot of good sponsors that back me. I got my wife, soon to be wife, that is a big help. And uh, yeah, we uh, tried to race anywhere from two to three nights a week all the time. So yeah, it was definitely a weekend warrior for sure. Let's talk about your season a little bit. Actually, let's back up even farther than that. Tell me about how you got started in this whole thing. As I dropped my microphone. Um, as uh, it all got kind of started at my uh, stepbrother, who is Philip Lowski, who races out at I-80. Um, he had his uh, gender reveal, and uh, he's like, hey, just take my A-Mod for a spin down the road. And I'm like, all right. So we took it for a spin and came home and talked to the wife and I was like, Hey, uh, I think that's something we need to do. So we talked about it throughout the off season. Me and Philip got a deal worked out. I ended up buying that a mod that I drove and converted it to a sport mod. And that's kind of where we started. So if uh, Philip had a gender reveal, what did Philip end up being? <laughs> um, a girl. <laughs> Is he a girl or a. <clears throat> <In between. laughs> no. Or is he part of a race car? Now, Philip is, uh, my, I guess, my stepbrother that ended up having a girl, I guess. What I'm trying to say. No, that's okay. It's, it's, it's a good way to, to give him a little bit of fun. I'm, I'm sure you've given him a hard time from time to oh, time. Yeah. So, uh, I guess feel free to correct me. I thought you were in a sport mod. Are you in a modified? No, sport mod. You're right. I okay. converted from an A mod to a sport mod, yeah. Okay. All right, great. You're racing I-80 in Dawson County. Talk to me about how your seasons went. They went good. Um, we didn't make it to Lexington, unfortunately, this year. We ran I-80 good handful of times and then we focused kind of towards uh went to Beatrice to every race that they had down there we ended up finishing uh fourth tied for fourth in points I don't know how that's going to work since the rain out happened at kind of towards the end of the year there I don't know how they're going to determine who gets the spot doesn't matter still a good season 
And then we raced at Eagle as much as we could. I think we ended up out there 14 of their 16 or 17 shows they ended up having. We got 10th in points there, so not too bad. But other than that, we got 7th in the state points and ran about 46 shows in and around uh, Nebraska and Iowa and South Dakota. So it was a pretty good year. Good deal. Now, 46 uh, shows for a smaller team is a lot of racing. It is a lot of racing, yeah. For our uh, small team, it was definitely everything that we had. But, uh, I mean, it helps when you don't tear a lot of stuff up and stay consistent. and. At least get some of your money back. I mean, obviously you're never making any money, but yeah, it was definitely uh, everything helped that we got. So it's a lot funner if you don't tear stuff up too. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes, it is. I, I've enjoyed the sport mod class a lot more this year than I have in the past. It it feels like at at I eighty at Eagle, uh, the sport mods kept it together and had a good decent night more often than not. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think uh, I think Roger moving that moving our sport mods back in the in the night definitely i think helped just because the track obviously changed so much throughout the night and everybody had to judge it more and it just definitely was a more racy atmosphere i think mm -hmm. yeah i think it was a good year of, of racing and uh definitely kind of helped me change my opinion a little bit i was a little frustrated at the end of the 2020 season uh years of uh just unnecessary cautions and and drivers you know, creating Lone Ranger rules that, that drug out race nights were just kind of frustrating, but I think that got cleared up a lot this year. And, uh, especially at the Cornhusker classic, uh, did you make it out to that one? I did not. My, uh, we ran up to South Dakota for the raceway park, uh, South Dakota nationals and my motor all year. We call it the old smoky, uh, old crate. It, uh, I just, it was kind of down on power all weekend and it just didn't feel like if I would have went to I 80 being I 80, a bigger track, unfortunately I wanted to make it out. I didn't feel like my motor was either going to one contend or make it. So mm -hmm. that way I have something to rebuild on and start 2022. Well, that's a good transition. What are you thinking about for 2022? Um, we have a lot, I shouldn't say in the works, but we're uh, talking to a couple people trying to figure out what we want to do. I was going to maybe sell my car and get another jet. Um, Jet's been good to me. It's been a good car. A lot of good people around here have them that are fast. You know, you got Sean Harker, Matt Andrews. Um, a lot of them guys that are always uh, Cole Wayman, obviously always consistent in one. Um, so I think we're going to keep what we got and we're just going to add some updated parts to it and uh, going to try again. Keep building on it. Yeah. I think we're just going to try to keep getting consistent and uh, next year we're going to shoot for over 50 shows <laughs> and wow. uh, try to hit some of the maybe bigger shorts towards the end of the year. Like we're going to go to Vegas this year, but obviously with the motor and, just having a baby. I just didn't feel like with COVID and everything, that was probably the smart thing to do. So we're going to maybe go to Vegas next year, maybe some of them other bigger shows down in, into the road, maybe hit Arizona. Who knows? Just, I just want to travel, get out, and see some things. And Yeah, I got a novel idea for you. You can be the leader of the pack. Uh, you got all these modified guys that have all started running stock cars the last couple, three years. Why don't you, as a sport mod driver, go get yourself a hobby stock and start pulling double duty? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know them hobby stocks, man. I give a lot of credit to them guys because having stock steering and stock brakes and stuff like that, I just I don't know if I could do it. You just got to know how to cheat good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Not only about cheating faster than everyone else, it's about doing it better than the tech officials can find it. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. They got a that's lot of good talent in the hobby stocks coming up though, too. So what the former tech guy says just cheat so the tech guys don't find it <laughs> yeah i can help <laughs> <laughs> we're talking with jacob swanson driver of the number 31 sport modified uh throughout the area
You mentioned uh, looking at 50 plus shows next year. That is a boatload of shows for a sport mod driver. Yes, it is. Uh, 46 this year. I mean, that was definitely a lot, but looking back at it, I, I mean, it doesn't, I don't know. I think it feels like it just went by so fast, even though it's a lot of shows, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we're going to shoot for 50 and just see what we can do and maybe contend for um, state points. I don't think I can ever do the national stuff just because everybody starts so early out that way that you'd have to race all year round to even compete for that. So so yeah, when you Go start ahead, signing up for 50 shows, you're going to be rooting for a rain out about every third week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the actors kind of helped out a lot. I mean, I shouldn't say helped out, but they had, I don't know, three or four towards the end of the year there that kind of stunk because where we were at in points would have been nice to run a couple of them, but it is what it is and move on. Uh, again, we're talking with Jacob Swanson, driver of the 31 machine throughout the area. I'd like that number of 50 uh, because I think one of the big traits to getting over the hump and becoming that top-notch driver is you have to race at least two times a week, if not three, and and 50 ought to get you to that too easily. Yeah, definitely. It definitely takes a lot of seat time in these things. You can't definitely, you cannot, uh, excuse me, uh, run one night a week to be competitive in these things. I mean, there's people that do it and I give them hats off to them, but it's just, after sitting out a week, I mean, it, a week doesn't seem like that long, but it definitely uh, takes a little bit of time to get back in the groove and get going again. What do you do during the off season to, to kind of stay in, in, um, in, in, what am I looking for? What word am I looking for in order to stay in driving shape? shape. <laughs> yeah. Driving shape. Yeah. Last year for the first part of the season, I ran that slick track oval series. Now it's pretty yeah. good time. I might hit up a few of those. I don't know if I'll run, obviously there's a three nights in, but I don't know. Might hit up a couple of those. I play some iRacing here and there. Um, definitely does not translate over, but some of the driving and stuff, definitely it does help understand how to do some things. Yeah. Definitely most realistic part of without doing it, I guess. Um, other than that, just work on the car, tinker on it, and head into next year. Well, you can go find a nice big icy parking lot and get slick track practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dry slick practice. Yeah. Yeah, that would uh, definitely, that's what I describe to people, how they are, and they Sometimes they don't believe you, but it definitely is how it feels. What about uh, coming years? Uh, is Sport Mod where you're at for the time being, or do you want to move into a different class uh, in a couple of years? Sport Mod's where I'll stay for now. My long, I mean, my longevity goal that I want to do with myself is be a late model driver. For some reason, that class just, I like watching them. Um, I love watching them on TV, like the Lucas Oil Boys. So that's eventually where I'd like to end up. Mm-hmm. So just take it day by day and see what happens. So you're going super late model racing in 2024. Maybe. I don't know if we'll go super, but for sure, we're <laughs> crate and starting to crate and go from there. Is this your wedding week? Are you getting married this weekend? I am on Saturday. Yes, sir. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. How long have you been with Dana? Seven years. Okay. Well, there's, I don't know why you guys are rushing into things, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, take your time, get to know each other. Right. Yeah. Did you know each other before or was this kind of uh, you met and started dating? Uh, we just kind of met and started dating and yeah. uh, went from there. Uh, what'd she think about this whole racing thing? She loves it. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely could not do it without her. So In seven years, have you even met her parents yet? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They're, they're good people. Did she help out with the race car or uh, just kind of uh, emotional support? Well, if you ask her, you know, if it was, you know, her working, that's what pays for it. According right. to her. 
but no, she does help out a lot. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, she let you have the car. That's, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, she'll change a tire and she'll get in there and do what she has to do. And yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. Well, good deal, man. Congratulations on that. And, uh, hope to see you more in, uh, in 2021, excuse me, 2022. Hopefully I get to see you weekly at I-80 Speedway or at least Eagle Raceway. First big, uh, big special. Do you want to go race? Uh, are they doing mod- sport modifieds down at, uh, uh, in St. Louis, Dirk? Uh, I haven't heard. I'm not sure what they got going on down there this year. I was trying to think if I heard anything, but I don't. I don't think I did. Didn't they run them one year? No, they've only ran uh, like the mods and then the late models and then last. Well, two years ago, last year they didn't run because of COVID. They ran. They added yeah. the midgets in it. Yeah, they had the midgets the one year I know. So. Yeah. so I think this year is just late models, mods, and then uh, midgets again. Yeah, I don't know if they have enough room to put in a sport mod show. I mean, just uh, pit space. Yeah, I've been down there. They're filling it up pretty good with just two classes. So, you know, and there's not a, a, a gazillion midgets around. So I don't know if they had 30 or 40 down there, but there'd be 100 sport mods wanting in. Oh, yeah. Uh, what about Bristol? If they, I know they're going to race Bristol again. If they have the sport modified, you going to go there? Probably not. Um, I just, it would be definitely an awesome experience just with our team and stuff. I don't think it'd be feasible. And then where I work, I'm the only I just, it's the boss and I, so it's hard to take off a lot of time. What do you do? I'm a plumber. Oh, good. One of the uh, working class. Yes. I've been doing that for eight years right out of high school. So that's what I do for a living and so it pays for everything. So you're journeyman now then, right? Unfortunately, I wish I was. I've taken it twice and they say the Nebraska test is one of the hardest ones. There's basically long story short, there's four parts to it and you got to do, and then it's uh, basically, they give you eight hours to do it. So it's, it's definitely a, a, gru- a gruesome test. Mm. But you haven't quite got there yet, huh? No, I'm going to go back this winter and that's definitely something I'm going to focus on this off season is going back and getting that and take it. Uh, I think middle of February is when another test session is. So I'll go back and try again. Do you work for uh, just an independent guy that, that does plumbing here and there, or is it a full company? It's a full-time gig. Yeah. He's been in business for 20 years. Um, he's actually one of my sponsors, spring plumbing here in Lincoln. Okay. Um, so that's, that's who I work for. It, just for my own, uh, my own knowledge that are, are you guys licensed in, in Iowa at all? I, I don't think so. No. Okay. I got some leaky pipes that I'm, I need to get taken care of. <laughs> say, Dad, what difference does it make if he comes on Saturday and has a cocktail and fixes your pipe? I mean, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a rule. When you come and fix stuff at my house, you got to have a glass of whiskey with me. So. Oh boy! <laughs> All right, man. Hey, it's been great talking to you. Uh, we talked off air before we started recording, but you're uh, you're pretty much done for the season. No more plans for racing this year. Yeah, correct. Uh, we're okay. uh, we're gonna wrap up 2021 and uh, get this motor sent off to Carl Chevrolet again and uh, get it rebuilt and start rebuilding for 2022. All right, man. Good luck. Can't wait to see you that first time in Victory Lane at I-80. All righty. Thank you. Sounds good. Jacobs Watson. Go ahead. Gotta make the drive up to. Uh... Quaker steak and lube for the championship party. Yeah. When's that? Uh November three uh three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, yeah, three weeks away. It's November. Yeah, Kansas, Martinsville, and Phoenix. Yeah, okay. Three weeks. You'd think I would know that schedule off the top of my head <laughs> November, by now, but November seventh, I think. There you go. You got it. November seventh. Okay, yep. perfect. Yeah, we'll we'll come down for that. They got good food, so they got great food. Uh, I haven't quite decided if I'm going to do the triple atomic challenge then or if I'm going to wait another week or two. But oh boy, yeah, I made my goal for the Alzheimer's Association, so I got to um, do the triple atomic challenge. 
you ought to do the triple atomic challenge at the end of one of our uh, championship recording sessions over there on a Monday yeah, night. I might do that because that Sunday I have to go, I have to go bartend at, uh, or I have to go bartender at the, at the library pub. So I, if I'm suffering from, from triple <laughs> atomic challenge wings, it's going to make it a little bit rough on me. So we'll see what happens, but yeah. well, I just wear a diaper. <laughs> I mean, more than I do usually. <laughs> I am getting a little old. Jacob Swanson, driver of the 31, a sport modified throughout the area. Have a great offseason, man. And like I said, can't wait to see you in victory lane for the first time. All righty. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. And good luck this weekend with the whole, you know, jumping in the uh, in the water and, and getting married and stuff. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I'll Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Have a good <laughs> Thanks. One, Thanks for joining us. You bet. Once again, that was Jacob Swanson, driver of the 31 Sport Modified throughout the area, joining us on the front stretch. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. News and notes, headlines, conversation, and that uh, new segment we're doing on the show called uh, Na- uh, NASCAR Fan Page Comments. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a working title, but but I got a couple of them I, want, I wanted to send your way. Just, uh, anyway, so that'll all be coming up in the next turn. Hang on, guys. We'll be right back. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. If you love wings, if you love rings, and all kinds of other tempting things, great times, great food, get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Quaker Steak and Lube is the official watering hole of the front stretch and the home of Mav TV, featuring action from the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Great times, great food, get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Located on Mid-America Drive in Council Bluffs. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch. Rolling into turn number two brought to you by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Big thanks to Quaker Steak and Lube for all their continued support. We got the green light earlier this week. All of the champions interviews uh, are good to go. Uh, we just got to work a little bit more with Chris, uh, the owner of Quaker Steak, to figure out what day if we're going to do that on Mondays or Wednesdays or, or what day we're going to knock those out. But uh, stay tuned to the Fred Church Facebook page for all those events coming out. And uh, make sure to join us. Uh, all the uh, champions from around the area, uh, we're not just giving love to I-80 or Eagle. It's, it's going to be every uh, champion that we can. And we've got some uh, plans in the works to, uh, to get up somewhere into um, – Closer to eastern Nebraska, well, central Nebraska, truthfully, so we can hit the uh, the, the tracks that are out there like US-30 and, and Dawson and, and uh, some of those other tracks. So hang tight for uh, more information about those and uh, what bars we're going to be at for those western travels. And I, or, yeah, western travels. I think we ought to uh, check out some of those uh, central Iowa tracks also. Well, like I said, we talked about it last year. It, you know, it just didn't really come to fruition. Yeah. So... Yeah, we ran into quite a few issues with getting that to uh, to unfold. And unfortunately, we just, you know, we got one bar that said they would love to do it. And then we didn't get any drivers from, I think, two tracks. I think we only had one driver that could make it that day. And we're like, well. Three tracks. Oh, was it three? Three tracks, yeah. So, so we had to it put that on hold. But 
definitely something we want to do and, and try to get out there and kind of spread our, our, our reach out just a little bit more. So hang tight for that. And um, also the uh, season ending championship party for Phoenix Raceway, the season finale 500, as it is named right now, I believe I already heard tickets. Tickets have already sold out for that track. Uh, yeah, that's what Matt Humphreys posted on Facebook here three weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. The Phoenix sold out already. Yeah. So that's going to be November 7th. We're going to be down at Quaker Steak and Lube getting set up. It's going to be a uh, two o'clock central time start time. Uh, so we'll get there probably about noon to get everything set up and, and just get your pools ready to go, as we always do. Uh, plenty of prizes to give away. And hopefully this weekend down at Kansas Speedway, we're going to be able to uh, scare up some great hero cards and great prizes to uh, to add to our collection because it's, it's gotten a little thin over the years with uh, over the last two years since we haven't been able to have much contact with the NASCAR teams. And not a lot of uh, dirt track drivers uh, doing hero cards. And if they are, they're unfortunately not readily available, uh, as we have yeah. frust- frustratingly experienced at uh, some of these bigger late model and sprint car shows. Well, I think a lot of that, in all honesty, comes down to some of this supply chain stuff going on. Probably. I mean, some, something as simple as that. Um, not that I frequent Harris or Horseshoe or anything, but there are lounges there that I can get into. Uh, they serve food and for the last 20 years they've had menus and for the last like three months they don't even put out a menu because they said they can't get them and it's yeah. just a piece of paper right. so it's not like it's you know a plastic coated or laminated menu or anything but hmm. they just said we just can't get certain things and yeah and i had, wonder you know oh, we they said those might start slowing down they might kick me to every other week because they can't get equipment wow yeah, it, it wonder, I wonder what kind of a world we're going to be in in the next five years because I think the supply chain issues has woken people a lot, a lot of people up to getting away from the traditional way of doing things and experiencing some new things. You know, like at the library pub, we still have paper menus that you can look through and see what beers are there, but there's also a QR code scanner that goes to a Google Sheets that is updated much more frequently. So you've got a much quicker way of accessing all the beers that are on tap, but and you don't have to have a piece of paper to float around, which wastes products. And I'm, I'm one that eliminates waste as much as I can. And, and, uh, and also op- spreads the opportunity for spreading germs. So I'm all about not getting uh, the flu or the cold or anything like that. Cause I'm getting old and the older I get, the harder it is. Well, thank you. Thank you. You probably put age in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I want to start off today's show saying a huge, Huge thank you uh, to everybody that donated to uh, my Alzheimer's Association uh, fund drive. The uh, I ended up making my goal uh, Friday afternoon, uh, hit the $2,500 mark as I was heading over to, uh, to Beatrice Speedway to watch night number one of the uh, Oktoberfest. Just uh, really special. That's That means a lot to me. It means a lot to a lot of people that, that are going through this. $2,500 is a huge amount of money for one person to raise, and uh, I thank everybody tremendously and that means we'll be doing i'll be doing the triple atomic challenge at quaker steak and lube date and time to be announced make sure to follow the front stretch facebook page for updates i'll make sure to send that out with plenty of time but we're going to do it i'm going to do some sort of facebook live video and my plan is while i'm eating the wings i'm going to be thanking everybody that donated as just another way to make me suffer because um to be able to talk while eating some hot food is, is a little bit challenging. So that's just another element to it that I'm throwing in there. What, uh, what whiskey are you going to wash these down with? None. I, 
I, something I noticed a while ago, I cannot drink whiskey while eating spicy food. It doesn't work for me. It just, I, the, the flavor goes away. It burns a lot more going down than it normally does. Uh, so I. The food or the whiskey? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I, I'm going to have a glass of milk sitting next to me. And when it gets to be too much, I may reach for the glass of milk and just try to mitigate the pain a little bit, but I will get through the best I can. I will get through the six wings before I touch the milk because I want to make sure and, and complete this challenge. So that'll be coming up at Quaker Steak and Lube. I'll get you date and times on that. And again, huge, huge thank you to everybody that donated. I sent out a message to a lot of people and said, if you just donate five bucks, I'll reach my goal. And I was humbly surprised at the amount of people who threw down a hundred bucks, 50 bucks, 20 bucks. A lot of people do, threw down some money and, and people that, that mean a lot to me that, that, and, and some people that were just acquaintances. So it, it means a lot that people are willing to donate that money and, and, uh, and help me reach that goal. So thank you so much for that. And uh, I appreciate it a lot. And hopefully that money will go towards finally finding the cure for Alzheimer's. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go in and talk to Chris and I'm going to have him substitute chicken legs for those wings that day and uh, give you a little more of a challenge on these things. Chicken legs, like the, a big, like a turkey leg. No, just chicken. Not a turkey leg. Turkey leg, you can't eat that crap. But a chicken leg, huh. you like a super huge. You'll have like six huge drummies. I wouldn't be able to eat that. I wouldn't be able to eat all those. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. I have a tough time. Some days, like those when they used to do all you can eat wings, and I'd order that, and I'd eat like ten wings, and I'd be stuffed. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that was kind of a waste of my money. But oh well. Yeah. Oh well. All right, let's get into some news and notes uh, coming out of NASCAR. The NASCAR Next Gen Tests, uh, NASCAR very happy with speed tests. Uh, Bob Pachris posted a uh, speed graph of, uh, this was at Charlotte Motor Speedway. This must have been the road course. Yeah, road course at Charlotte. Looks like speeds of around 106, 102, 101, 101. And that's average speed around uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway road course. Denny Hamlin, Martin Trucks Jr. had some of the best times. One minute, 18 second laps. Tyler Reddick ran a one, one minute, 21 second. Harvick run one minute, 21 second. So last couple of races on the uh, old gen car. And then we're going to see the next gen car in 2022. And uh, things are pointing towards uh, being able to, uh, the NASCAR being happy with what they're seeing. No, it's all been pointing to that, but I want to know what Kurt Busch thinks. He was one that said they weren't ready. So he's the first one, right? He was the one that actually spoke truth. Did you hear this Casey Kane story about the traffic accident? I guess he got out and assisted the accident and, uh, and, and kind of helped out as best he could. And he got on Twitter and thanked everybody else that stopped and, and helped out. And unfortunately, one person ended up losing their life in the accident. And, uh, the second person, uh, was able to, uh, to to recover and, and it, i think they're still in the hospital uh recovering from their accidents and yeah, you get head on on the highway it's usually not good for for somebody yeah uh good news for kyle bush and the 18 team joe gibbs racing and interstate batteries has renewed their partnership to be the primary sponsor for kyle bush's number 18 machine actually that's kind of a big shift i guess i didn't pay attention to when that might have happened but mars m&ms has been the primary sponsor on that 18 machine for a very very long time well, it was originally only Interstate Batteries for years. Pre-Kyle, right? right? Yeah, pre-Kyle. Yeah. Through Bobby Labonte and Bob Dale Labonte Garrett. Days. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that 18 was interstate battery week in and week out. There was no second or third sponsor. They did it all. Yeah. That was back in the good old days when a car had one sponsor, one primary sponsor and about 20 or 30 secondary and associate sponsors. Yeah, but now they're going to move the number and screw all that up. I hate NASCAR. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> So good news for that team is they've uh, they, they, they've signed on Interstate Batteries to continue. It's one of the longest running sponsorships in professional sports. Let's see if the article gives any details as to when it started exactly. I want to say about 94. Interstate Batteries has been a part of every nearly uh, has been a part of nearly every major moment in Joe Gibbs racing history, including the organization's first win when driver Dale Jarrett won the Daytona 500 in 1993. Pretty damn close in that estimate. Yeah, pretty good guess. Interstate Batteries was the primary sponsor on the number 18 car in 2000 when Bobby Labonte captured, captured the organization's first NASCAR Cup Series championship and has continued to play a key role when Kyle Busch won JGR's most recent championships in 2015 and 2019. So uh, good news there. Uh, Kyle Busch not out of a ride because of a sponsor issue so although he's tried a couple of times huh yes he has but i can't believe you're just skimming right by the the story of the week as far as Uh you know as cup cars go well i got two more stories to go but go ahead to me the most amazing thing that happened this week is kyle larson got a win right finally that poor guy's been rough been suffering what it's been it took him a week to get his eighth win god what struggles. is wrong with him? Why hasn't anybody wrote, wrote about the struggles at Hendrick Motorsports yet? Which struggles? The fact that the, no well, other the f- car can keep up with a new guy that banned <laughs> from racing? <laughs> well, the fact that it took Kyle an entire race to win a second race. Yeah. They must have had a crew chief change. They didn't advertise or something. Get this. This is a crazy statistic that I never even would have guessed. Joey Logano's engine blown engine on sunday at texas was his first blown engine in seven years that is an insane amount of races to go without losing an engine well when your engine builders you know into the in is the factory engine builder for ford racing you know you shouldn't blow too many yeah but none in seven years that is i mean that that defies logic and and that brings up a point i remember them talking about one of the major issues and why NASCAR decided to go to the stage racing was because, you know, 20 years ago, there was more accidents and blown engines that caused cautions and bunched the field back up. But now engine technology has gotten so advanced and they've gotten so good at understanding these engines that guys like Joey Logano can go an entire seven seasons without losing an engine. And I would venture to say there's probably a couple of other guys in the in the garage that have that have had similar success like that. They know, they know how to take care of an engine, and they've got great equ- uh, equipment underneath them. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. If I've got my mouth shut, because I agree with you, and I'm afraid to just do that. <laughs> Don't let my head get too big. <laughs> oh, let's see. Before the race, uh, Chase Elliott uh, got sent to the rear on Sunday uh, for failing pre-race inspection twice. Did you see the only comment that the Frederick's Facebook page had? regarding that situation uh no i did not see that one comment i got i'm i'm not making fun of the guy i just got kind of a kick out of it because he apparently has not been paying attention to how uh how racing works but the gentleman said at what point do people start losing their jobs 
He has a whole crew that's responsible for making sure this doesn't happen. I wanted to reply back and said, I'm pretty sure he has an entire crew that is responsible for doing this, but not getting caught. Their their entire job is, I guess I shouldn't say entire job. That's a massive generalization, but a part of it is finding a way to get around being discovered in tech inspection and then getting the advantage, having that some sort of advantage that skirts the rules. Yeah, I just always call it job security. For the tech officials, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's that's that's some of the best crew chiefs in the game from 50 years ago to today understand how to look at that rule book and say, well, that's kind of a gray area. It doesn't say we can't, so let's try it. And then NASCAR finds it and says, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. I.e. the, uh, what do they call it? The T-Rex car for Jeff Gordon? That was one. no, that or was George. the worst one. Uh, was Jimmy Johnson's car? Well, that the one should have been should have been in uh, Transformers. Yeah, that was uh, probably was the that, worst one. Was that Brad Keselowski that called him that? The Transformer cars? Yeah, that was Keselowski. I think that coined that phrase. Because this is an old one. There is a rule on the NASCAR rule book now that states: when you take the checkered flag, you are not allowed to weave your car back and forth down. Uh, after you take that checkered flag and it must stay in a straight line throughout the racetrack, you know, in a straight, in a groove, because there were drivers that they would be able to weave the car back and forth so violently that it would then lock the shock back in place. And and I'm, I'm using general terms of ways that I understood how they do it. And obviously my understanding of how you cheat up a shock is, is incredibly limited, but basically the idea was at the beginning of the race, the shock would be locked into a position that the ride height would be correct. Then they would go out and do something to the car to where that shock would release and they'd get more movement out of the car. And then well, on that cool down lap, they would then weave back and forth and lock it back into place. Yeah, no, you're, you're just the opposite. They, they don't have anything locked. And when they start the race and they get the car to lean to a certain uh, way and, and they get the G forces in there, then the shock would lock. Yeah. Okay. And then the weaving back and forth was to unlock it again. Correct. Okay. So I, I remember that rule coming out. And then the, the, the car I was talking about was a Jurassic Park car that uh, Ray Evernham built. And Jeff Gordon raced at, I want to say it was the Charlotte All-Star race. And after the race was over with, I remember there's a, there's a YouTube video of, of uh, Ray Evernham getting a call from, oh, I don't know who the competition director was at the time, but they said, uh, you need to call your boss and tell him he's not allowed to have that car anymore. And Ray said, but there's nothing illegal about that car. And the tech, the official said, buddy, everything on that car is going to be illegal tomorrow. <laughs> and they, to my understanding, NASCAR took that car and never gave it back to Hendrick Motorsports, tore it bolt from bolt and put a lot of stuff back in the rule book because Ray Heverham found a way to skirt that rule what do we i mean it's the gray area it's the reason why the rule book has to be so thick oh yeah anyways i got a kick out of that so elliot went to the back for fail and pre-race inspection twice didn't as always doesn't affect i mean it really didn't affect him but he is kind of in a little bit of a tough situation he's the first car to be eliminated with two races left to go he is eight points behind the cut line yeah he's eight points behind the cut line and seven points in front of Brad Keselowski for six. Not only does Chase Elliott need to go out and have a good Kansas, a good Kansas race, but he's also got to keep his eye out for uh, 
in a good Martinsville, but he's also got to keep his eye out for Kevin Harvick. Well, the Martinsville thing, you know, he's good at Martinsville. Yeah. But if he doesn't have a good Kansas, he's not going to get a good starting spot at Martinsville. My irritation yeah. with, with places like Kansas and Texas and Michigan and, and the old uh, 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 California track is that it doesn't matter for those guys to start in the back. They're, they're going to be up 20 positions in, in 30 laps. It, that doesn't matter at those tracks. But at Martinsville, well, it does. It's not that it doesn't matter at those tracks. It doesn't matter in a 500 mile race. Yeah. Yeah. How many times have we watched guys go to the back and by the end of this, the first stage, if they're not in the top 10, they're knocking on the door. Correct. And then they usually finish third, fourth, fifth in the top 10 uh, in that second stage. And then they're contending for the win. So it's really, I mean, it doesn't honestly doesn't really matter, especially during the playoffs when bonus playoff points don't carry you into the next round. That doesn't matter. But like I said, it, it would make a difference if he has to go to the back at Martinsville. It would make a huge difference because that's a track that they're going to be in lap traffic within the first 15 laps, 16 laps. Oh, yeah. 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 Very quickly. Yeah. All right. So Chase Elliott went to the beer, went to the rear at Texas. And Kevin Harvick had the quote of the week. Yeah. What was his? I can't remember that now. Well, it was basically, I don't remember the exact wording. When he basically said, if I was Chase Elliott, I'd be trying to figure out how come I can't take the same car and beat the five. <laughs> oh, that's a nice little dig. Oh, I'm telling you. I heard yeah. some. Go ahead. I heard some sort of conversation when I was listening to the uh, the NASCAR app and listening to the PRN broadcast for the Texas race of uh, at, at what point in time does Kyle Larson start having an issue with his teammates who have the same equipment but can't even sniff his bumper? That gets into, you know, whose butt's in the seat. And evidently him and uh, his crew chief are really in sync. That's all there is to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. he says, I need this and he gets it. I mean, you could see signs of that when he was at Chip Ganassi Racing and they would, he would have a race that he could put it all together, but just couldn't win the race because he didn't have the equipment. And, you know, it's like we talked about at the beginning of the year. It was a godsend for him to get sent over to the, uh, uh, to get picked up by Hendrick. I mean, that was, that was the best thing that could have happened to him. Well, and he's matured a lot as a driver. There was some yeah. races he could have won at Ganassi and he always liked to run that high line and he step over the, you know, the invisible berm on the asphalt and, and smack the wall or something. And, you know, and, and he'd take himself out of a lot of races like that, but he's going to won. So, it, you know, he's just matured as a driver. He, he knows he doesn't have to win the race on the first lap. You know, All right. but this, this year he's won the whole race. I mean, yeah, just like them. I mean, godly amount of laps, you know, just crazy. If he doesn't win this championship this year, it's going to be the worst thing for NASCAR because every Kyle Larson fan is going to be bitching about the format for when, for, for the way we pick our champions. That's going to be, that's all it's going to come down to. And, well, and it's I like will, all the Harvick champ, all the Harvick yeah. people did it last year. You know? I will, I will remind you the number of times. I don't know the exact number, but I can tell you it's it's well over five, four or five, whether it be the playoff system, the chase system, or whatever. The number of times the driver with the most wins in the season has not won the championship is fairly large. I mean, it's it's four or five, I guess, is what I'm saying. He won't yeah, be the first one, and he's not going to be the last if he doesn't win this championship. Exactly. Exactly. 
All right, Dirk, uh, NBC on NASCAR, NASCAR well, on NBC. Uh, I got one more thing to talk about our race car drivers. Go ahead. Our good friend, Mr. David Starr, had to start in a cup race and finished a career best 23rd. That's awesome for him. Exactly. Good job. In the cup series, that was a career best. All right. Uh, most underrated driver in NASCAR right now. Think about that while I list off a couple of these drivers. Well, are we talking cup series or what yes, are we talking? Yes. NASCAR and well, NBC asked, well, just said the most underrated driver in NASCAR. Let's limit it just to the cup series to make it easier for everybody. Okay. Well, that, that's what I want to say because, you know, the truck series is a cup series. Uh, yeah. NASCAR is at IED Speedway, um, you know. So if we're going to talk about cup series, that's good. Let's limit it to cup series. First driver I see, can you guess who is the most underrated driver mentioned in the comment section for this post on NASCAR and NBC? Well, as, as stupid as it sounds, probably the most underrated driver will be listed would be Kyle Larson. That is it, buddy. Kyle Larson is the most underrated driver in NASCAR. And I couldn't agree, disagree with that more. <laughs> Kyle Larson in no way is an underrated driver. Everybody gives him every bit of credit. He, he has earned it. He deserves it. He gets it. He is not underrated by any means. And his old lady shotguns beers. What more could you want? Right. I also see uh, one person says, uh, and again, just listen to the entire comment. Most underrated driver in NASCAR. It's Bubba Wallace says sideway wit talker. Uh, Bubba can't drive, but they think he can. And, and I'm sure in the uh, 27 comments, people reminded him that he misunderstood the post. Yeah, not overrated, underrated. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ryan Pierce is a good... Well, uh, he, good... he did say he was sideways. So yeah. Uh, Ryan Pierce is a good, uh, good candidate. I agree with that one. I think Ryan Pierce is an underrated driver. Who is that? Uh... <laughs> oh, you met Ryan Pierce. Pre did I say Pierce? Yes, that's oh. why I said, who is that? Ryan Priest, excuse me, Ryan Priest. <laughs> okay, I know who Ryan Priest is, but no, I don't believe he's, uh, I don't think he's good enough to be underrated. That's my opinion. Hmm. All right. I don't, I don't think he's done enough at the cup level. He's a heck of a modified driver, but, um, he, and he had, he had some very good runs when he made his limited starts for Joe Gibbs, but at the yeah. cup level, does he even have a top five? I don't know. I know he hasn't got a win. No, he hasn't gotten a win. And I, I don't think he's got a top five. If he did, it's it's probably going to be at a Talladega or a Daytona or uh, or maybe a an attrition road course race. But I don't I don't think so. Matty D. Yes, that I agree with. I think he's quite underrated. Just it goes to the fact that he's not going to have a ride next year as of yet. He doesn't in the Cup Series and. He sniffed the win a couple times. You know, I think mm -hmm. he's more than capable of, of driving. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think he's a little underrated. Do you agree with Debbie that says Ryan Blaney is uh, the most underrated driver? Not at all. No, I think he gets plenty of credit. And I think that he's gotten that. I think the, I think to back that up, he is has moved from a Penske satellite team to being in the main stable and gets plenty of attention. I don't, I don't think I agree with Ryan Blaney being an underrated driver at all. Nope. Do you got any suggestions? I could keep reading these for days. Um, I don't know. One, I, I look at every now and then because he puts together a good effort or two, and then he kind of disappears for several weeks is Corey LaJoy. Okay. He'll throw in a top, a top 10 and a top 15, you know, back to back. And 
and he's back to 30th place the next three races, you know, yep. so it, it's hard to tell. And I've never tried to sit down and look at it, um, you know, say, hey, he's really good on the mile and a half tracks or he's really good on your half miles, your Bristol, your Martinsville, uh, you know, and that might be where some of this lines up. But uh, like I said, he's got his moments and, uh, you know, he's not in the top rate equipment. Yeah. You know, it's going to be that driver that, you know, runs in that 15 to 25 range just every week in a week in and week out. Uh, Chris Busher shows signs of genius every once in a while. He's got a win. It was a rain shortened win, but it's still a win. Um, you know, I, I kind of put him and Michael McDowell in the same same bracket. McDowell got a win there at Daytona last year. But for being the superstar road racer that he is, he really doesn't have a lot of success on the road courses. Yeah. He doesn't have top flight equipment either. So another submission on the NASCAR on NBC comment section for the question, who is the most underrated driver in NASCAR? Um, one person suggested the pace car driver. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do they know who the pace car driver is? Is it the same person every week? Normally, and I haven't heard any different, but I think it's been the same person for several years. I was in the truck series for five years, and it was the same person that drove the pace truck every race. Yeah, I got the feeling over the last couple of weeks that it's kind of become a honorary thing that, that they'll have somebody that drives the pace car. Maybe it's the opening lap, or maybe it's the whole race, but... Um, I know if you said their name, I would recognize it. And I know it's right on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember who's been the NASCAR pace car driver for the cup series for the last couple of years. Jeff Bodine. Had been yes. The, that's or it. not Jeff, Jeff Bodine. Brett Bodine. Brett. Okay. I think the most underrated driver at, uh, at Eagle Raceway is probably waiting for data. That guy <laughs> shows up every once in a while and just licks the field. It just, I mean, just amazing stuff. So that's my submission for the local scene. <laughs> And see, and that just, that does exactly uh, the opposite of what you said, because he doesn't get much seat time. <laughs> he just shows up every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> All right, no more news. You got anything else? I'm out. No, like I said, anybody that's going down to Kansas City this weekend, if you go early, you can check out the uh, World Outlaws over at Lakeside on Friday. Um, Saturday's the double header, and I think it's the Xfinity Series at like two o'clock or something. I'm not exactly sure on the start time. And then uh, later in the afternoon, probably an hour after the Xfinity race um, is the ARCA race. See, that's what used to be on Friday. Yeah. And when the they ARCA. shrunk the seat, the, the weekend schedules because of COVID, they, they pretty much got rid of Thursday and Friday. Well, when and they Thursday took away was practice. Yeah. And the practice and qualifying, they got rid of Thursday. Yeah. But, uh, by uh, the way, the Kansas Lottery 300 Xfinity Series race at Kansas Speedway, 2 p.m. Central Time, uh, uh, being broadcast on NBC on Saturday afternoon. So the Kansas Lottery Xfinity Series race at 2 o'clock on Saturday. Then, of course, you got your cup race on Sunday. Um, get on down to Q39 Barbecue, which mm. we might have to do on Saturday. You think we're going to have to run down there on Saturday? I don't think uh, I would object to that at all. Yeah, well, we'll see what's going on because I know we got some local fans that want to want to catch up with us and yeah, have us join them. So we'll kind of have to play that by ear. All right, real quick, the Kansas Lottery 400 Cup Series race on Sunday at 2 p.m. Central Time at Kansas Speedway, 267 lap race, 400 mile race. It's going to be on NBCSN and MRN as the uh, the 
field kind of plays out. Here's how the, uh, the standings look. Ryan Blaney sitting second in the points. Obviously, Kyle Larson is your uh, top dog. He is locked into the round of four, picking up the win at Texas. Ryan Blaney, uh, 4,072 points. He's got a comfortable lead over the uh, cut line, but don't go screw stuff up. Uh, Denny Hamlin sits third, 4,064 points. Kyle Busch sits fourth, 4,063 points. And then Chase Elliott, 4,055 points, first car below the cut line. Brad Keselowski sitting sixth, 4,084 points. Martin Truex Jr., 4,041, and Joey Logano, 4,020 points. This is where that uh, strategy for Kyle Larson kind of gets a little bit more clear, at least it gets more clearly for me. If I'm going to do anything, I'm going to try and make sure that Chase Elliott does not make the round of four. That doesn't mean Kyle Larson's going to go out there and wreck anybody, but because Kyle because Chase Elliott is below the cut line, Kyle Larson's going to try to go out there and win Sunday at Kansas because that makes it even more difficult for Chase Elliott to get into the race, uh, get into the, uh, the the championship four, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, Larson's going to try and win these next, well, all three of the remaining races. Yeah. You know, it's all there is to it. That's the easiest uh, way to ensure you win the championship. <laughs> but. He knows since he's locked into the final four, he knows Chase Elliott's good at Phoenix. Right. And what kind of a precarious situation too, because you're talking about, we're talking about a strategy that would eliminate his, his teammate. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't make any difference. He's going to try and win races. Right. So if you're Kyle Larson, let me ask you this real quick Uh, of the seven other drivers, who do you want to face Blaney Harvick, excuse me, Blaney Hamlin Bush, Elliot Kozlowski, Truex, and Logano. Who's the other three drivers you want to face at Phoenix for the championship? I want to face Blaney. Yep. Just because the lack of experience of a Final Four. Yep. Just because I think he's a little off his game, I'd want to face Truex. Okay. And the rest of it's pretty much even. I mean, Hamlin and Bush, uh, you know, have been in multiple Final Fours. Um, uh, and Kyle Bush has won two of them. Yeah, Hamlin hasn't won a title yet. Right. Um, but he's been stellar in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't win during the regular season, but got a couple in the playoffs. So I. You're going Blaney, Truex, and kind of a wash for the final car. Yeah, I'd say Logano. Okay. See, my three would be Blaney, Kozlowski, and Logano. Because Kozlowski is definitely off of his game. Well, Although he's, he's, a, he's in the round of eight, so that, that says something. He's a lame duck. Yeah. Logano's kind of off his game. I could substitute Logano and Truex. I think they're both a little bit off their game. But, again, any one of these eight guys, you get them into that championship round, that championship race. Chase Elliott, in my opinion, stole that championship last year. I, I would not have picked him to win the championship. I would not have picked him to be one of the top drivers. But he went out and earned it. I give him every bit of credit in the world, but I, he was not on my list of drivers to go out and win that race and win the championship, which is why I would find, if I'm Kyle Larson, any way I could to make sure he doesn't make it into that championship round. Yeah, I would, I would you know, I'm agreeing with you. I totally, yeah. I totally think the same thing. But that all goes to say Kyle Larson has been one of the best at Phoenix for a very, very, well, no, that was the best at Homestead, right? He was really good at right. Homestead for several years. Yeah, he's, he's not a phenom at Phoenix at all. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, Kansas this weekend, the... Kansas Lottery uh, 400 again two o'clock at uh, Kansas Speedway on Sunday 
Get down to Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch, to watch every lap if you can't get down to Kansas Speedway. Highly suggest you do. There is nothing like experiencing a NASCAR race in person. Having a big screen, a beautiful um, uh, uh, project, you know, whatever projection screen TV, beautiful sound system, friends, beers, couch, whatever, doesn't even come close to sitting in the grandstands and feeling that horsepower and feeling the excitement of the race. Get down to Kansas Speedway this coming Sunday. I highly suggest you get down Saturday and watch the Xfinity Series race. You're going to be impressed with what you see. I, I, I love watching those guys too. Tickets are dirt cheap. Yeah. Get down um, and have a good time. Uh, upcharge, spend the upcharge and get the uh, the fan walk ahead of time. That's an experience that you'll absolutely love too. It's a part of the whole experience. You get to watch the pre-race concert, the driver introductions. Um, you get to be walking around the areas um, that are normally restricted ahead of the race. It's, it's just well worth the extra dollars. Get down to Kansas Speedway for a great two days of racing Saturday and Sunday, Xfinity Series on Saturday. Cup Series on Sunday, and again, the races both days start at 2 o'clock Central Time. Dirk and I are going to be down there, and uh, I'm excited to get finally get down to a uh, Cup race again. Is the fan walk open? I think so. I believe that I, is. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, that's I a good uh, that's a good question. But if do a little bit of research, I obviously didn't before we started recording, but uh, I'm pretty sure the fan walk is back open and, and all that experience is, is happening again. So uh, get down and experience it. It is definitely well worth the time. Once yeah, well, again, fan it's only like 10 bucks. Yeah, you know? it is worth every penny. <laughs> and, and there's yeah. not a lot of that. It's yeah, it's it's dirt cheap. Um, Hang out during uh, when they're going to have the uh, driver's meeting and you might snag an autograph or two. Yeah, you they're They're right there. It's it's insane how close you can get with that extra 10, 10 bucks, whatever it is. All right. Yeah. Uh, still to come. Championship interviews down at Quaker Steak and Lube. Make sure to follow the Fred Stretch Facebook page. We'll be getting you updates on the schedule for that when we get those champions all lined up and ready to go. The Triple Atomic Challenge at Quaker Steak and Lube. That'll be coming up here shortly, too. I'll be getting that done the next couple of weeks. So don't worry about you know missing that out or it being a long time. We'll definitely be getting that done. And then the uh, Phoenix Viewing Party, Phoenix Championship Party on November 7th will be going on at Quaker Steak and Lube. Big thanks to Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners for all the support of the front stretch. Don't forget, find out what Rick can do for you to do. Find out what Rick can do for you today <laughs> at rickhavenridgeadvice.com. Head down to Quaker Steak and Lube. All the great food, all the great sights, all the great sounds, and be there on Sunday at 2 o'clock if you can't get down to Kansas Speedway to watch the Kansas Lottery 400. If you're looking for a laptop or desktop, I have several that are available now through Taylor Computers and Repair. Just give me a call today. 402-659-5641. Uh, Dirk, anything else we need to talk about before we wrap it up today? For some reason, I think I'm forgetting something, but uh, I, for life me right now, I don't know what it is. Again, thank you to everybody that helped me raise the $2,500 for the Alzheimer's Association. That is a, a huge thing, and I, I thank you guys so, so much. I'll take a couple of months off, and then I'm going to start hounding you guys uh, about June of next year to start donating again so we can get to that goal even more. All right, for Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. Thank you so much for listening to The Front Stretch. Make sure to like and share The Front Stretch so we can continue to grow. This has been The Front Stretch, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs.